I don't wanna be just someone that's new I speak my mind so free so you could hear the truth Yeah, I know that we all have fear Hey guys, what's up? This is Micah Murphy. Welcome to the Truth For Youth Podcast. Well, I'm excited about our show today. I'm excited about our topic. Our topic, as you've seen, is perspective. You know, the more I experience life, the more I realize just how important our, our perspective is on life. It can change everything. We can have the same exact experience as someone else, but we can walk away with a totally different outcome based on our experience. You know, it's not only how we experience life, but it's also maybe how we judge life, how we evaluate life. It really is a huge factor in our life experience. And I really wish I'd have grasped this at an earlier age, but it's something that God has been kind of teaching me in the last few years. And I'm just thankful now that I'm grasping it versus you know, later down the road. So I want to pass this on to you guys because I think you will benefit if you will just change your perspective a little bit. And I'm going to tell you how I kind of came across a different perspective of life. It's going to be kind of weird, I guess, but it actually came about through obstacle course racing, through Spartan races. And many of you know that I enjoy those things, as strange as that may sound to some of you, but an obstacle course race or a Spartan race is a race typically, you know, three miles that can be upwards of 30 plus miles where you have various obstacles. Think of a cross-country type race where you're doing obstacles, things like maybe 15-foot rope climbs. You're carrying maybe, you know, heavy buckets or sandbags. You're going through mud. You're going through water. You're crawling under barbed wire. You're going over walls. Just various obstacles that are there to slow you down. <laughs> they are there to make you push through physical blocks as well as mental blocks. They're there to make you tired. They're there to just push you to your limits. And those are things that, you know, doesn't sound real fun when you're trying to, you know, get to a race, but it's something that I learned to enjoy because of what that built inside of me. Uh, yeah, there may be at times are not real fun going through those, but it's this great sense of accomplishment that when you get to the finish line, you think, man, wow, I did that. I went that distance. I overcome all those various obstacles, and I finished the race. And so anyways, the, the whole purpose of, of that is it's taught me a different perspective. It taught me to look at obstacles in a different manner, not just obstacles on a race course, but obstacles in life and how to perceive those as merely just something to overcome instead of something that's keeping me from accomplishing a goal as merely just a maybe a slowdown point or something that I'm going to overcome. It's just going to be a, a little bit more time, a little bit more energy. Um, but I remember as I was training for some of these events, I remember thinking, man, I'm just, you know, why am I doing this? Like, this is not a whole lot of fun. Maybe I could be doing something else. And I actually remember in a couple actual races, like midway through the race, thinking, why am I doing this? <laughs> like, I paid really good money to sign up for this race and to run and to sweat and be exhausted and tired and physically, you know, pushing myself and maybe I'm covered in mud and just, you know, have blisters and pain and cuts. 
And I'm thinking, why? I, I could be at home. I could be laying by the pool. I could be out at the beach. I could be playing with my kids. I could be, you know, laying around watching movies. You know, so many different things that I could be doing, but I'm not. I'm doing this instead. And, uh, and then you get to the finish line and, you know, it seems like all those thoughts go away and you're just, you know, I was always thankful that I did do it because I, again, this, this sense of accomplishment. Um, but it made me think like, how can two different people have the same experience? Some of you right now are thinking, well, that sounds absolutely miserable. Like I would never want to do that. And I totally understand. And some of you are like, oh, hey, it sounds awesome. That sounds fun. So, so what makes the same exact event the same exact thing, but two different people perceive it differently. Well, it's obviously, it's their viewpoint. It's their perspective on how they're viewing it. And again, for me, what, what changed my view of, you know, maybe originally seeing that as, well, man, I don't want to do that. That doesn't sound like very much fun. Changing my perspective of, okay, if I do this, what's it going to, What's it going to accomplish? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get stronger, hopefully. Maybe I'll get faster. It'll put me in better shape. It'll help me build mental grit. Right? It's something that I've been trying to do in the last few years is really build my grit. And I know that if I go through these things and I put myself in a very uncomfortable position and have to push physically and mentally, that will help build grit. And that will help, you know, get me to, to this goal that I'm trying to get to. Versus not. So I knew that my perspective was changing on how I was looking at this event. And that's really what, what kind of changed things. And I heard someone say once about, you know, kind of training for these events. And, you know, obviously you got to train a little bit or it's going to be even that much more difficult. And I'm not a big fan of running, but obviously you need to go jog. You need to go run a little bit to prepare for the race. And so many times it's like, I have this thought of, man, I really, I really don't want to go run today. In fact, I actually had that this morning. Um, with this whole quarantine, my schedule's been off. I haven't been getting up as early as I normally would. I'm staying up later. But today the alarm went off. I was going to get up a little early and go run before work. And uh, the alarm goes off. And I'm just like, Phew, boy, I'm tired. You know, stayed up a little too late last night. And I really don't want to get up. My body was a little sore from the previous day's workout. And I was thinking, geez, I, I, just, I just want to lay in bed. You know, I want to go back to sleep. I don't want to go run. I really, that was the last thing I wanted to do. But what was my perspective? I was looking at it as something that I had to do or something that I was kind of, you know, not looking forward to because it was going to take energy and effort. And I, I didn't want to do that. I didn't have the energy and effort that morning or this morning. But then I started trying to change my perspective. Okay, well, let's think about it. Everything's in quarantine right now. But you know what? I still have the ability to go outside. I'm not being forced and locked into my home. I need to go take advantage of that. Like, I live in South Florida where the weather is beautiful right now. How many other people would, would be dying, you know, or not necessarily dying, but how many people would love to be in the same situation where they could go outside and just go for a run? You know, maybe they're sick or maybe they're uh, somewhere snowed in or maybe what, I don't know, maybe there's other reasons that they're not able to get out and run. So I started changing my perspective of, it's not that I have to do this, but it's that I get to do this. 
Like my body's able to go do this. How many other people physically are not able to go go for a run? Maybe they're confined to a wheelchair or they, they're injured or whatever, and it, they're not able to do it. And yet here I am, my body's physically able to do it. I, I'm allowed to go outside. It's a beautiful morning. Why not? And so by changing my perspective, it allowed me to get up and go for a run. Now, I didn't really, again, I didn't really have the energy, but it just went. I started getting my body in motion. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm running four miles and I feel a million times better at the end of that. It's because I was able to change my perspective. Now, you may be saying, well, this is, this is kind of weird, Michael. What does this have to do with my spiritual life? Well, it has a lot to do with our spiritual life because our perspective is not just about the physical. It's not just about the mental but our perspective can also be about our spiritual and how we're perceiving life events from a spiritual perspective. And when I think about perspective, I cannot help but think about this man named Paul. This man named Paul had the most amazing perspective of anyone. I mean, and I, and I just find myself thinking, gosh, if I could just have just a smidgen of the perspective he had on life and what was happening to him and around him, geez, how much better off would I be? Like a million times better off. And if you don't know much about Paul, let me, let me tell you a little bit about Paul. Well, first, his name was Saul. He hated Christians. He hated Jesus. He was a persecutor of them, meaning he, he would try to beat them and imprison them and whatever he could do to them. Well, one day he had this encounter with the resurrected Jesus, and that totally changed his life and his course. He became one of the most sold-out individuals for the sake of Jesus and promoting Jesus and promoting his cause and telling everyone he could about the good news that came, that you could get salvation through belief in him. So he devoted his whole life to that. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about uh, his perspective through a passage that's found in in the book of Acts, chapter 16. Now, prior to this verse that I'm about to read to you, he has been beaten with rods. He has been thrown into jail, not because he went out and murdered somebody or he stole from somebody. He actually went out and he rescued a girl that was demon-possessed. He was able to free her from this demon possession. So he goes out and he does a great deed. He helps this young lady, yet he was thrown in prison for it. And not just thrown into prison, he was even beaten for it. So that's what's leading up to this passage, okay? So now he and a guy named Silas were thrown into prison or into jail. All right, so I'm going to pick up in verse 25 of Acts chapter 6, and this is what it says. At about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to him. What? Think about that. He was innocent, really. I mean, he, he did a good deed, and he was beaten and thrown into jail. And what is he doing? He's singing hymns. He's singing praise songs to God. And he's praying out loud, and the prisoners are listening to him. Me? Micah? You know what Micah's doing at this point? I'm like, what the heck, man? Come on, God. I'm trying to do the right thing, and now this is, there's injustice. Like, I'm thrown in jail. How in the world am I supposed to go and share the good news of Jesus with everybody else when I'm now locked up 
behind these jail cells. Like, woe is me, poor Micah. You know, I'd be like, get me out of here, whatever I could do. But no, that's not the perspective that Paul had. He was actually rejoicing. Like, what? That, that, seems, that seems crazy to me. All right, so let's keep reading, okay? It gets better. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the jail were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains came loose. Well, bam, there it is, right? God has answered his prayer. He was innocent. Now this earthquake comes along and the jail doors were open. Chains fell off. He's free to go. I mean, that is a sign from God. Like, yes, thank you, God. You are faithful. Right? Like, like, here we go. But that's not exactly what happens. Verse 27 and 28. When the jailer woke up and saw that the doors of the prison were open, he drew his sword and was going to kill himself since he had thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul called out in a loud voice, don't harm yourself because all of us are here. What? Wait a minute. Paul, come on now. God sends you an earthquake. He, he opens the jail. He, your chains fall off. Why aren't you running free? You're basically an innocent man. You shouldn't be in jail anyways. Like this is definitely a gift from God. Why are you still standing there and, and even telling the, the guard, hey, I'm still here? Well, he must have really got beaten in the head a lot because homeboy is not thinking clearly. <laughs> like, what are you doing, Paul? Get the heck out of there. Man, I would be running like Forrest Gump. Run, Forrest, run. Like, I'm out, dude. I'm gone. Not Paul. All right, so let's keep reading. Verse 29 and 30. Then the jailer called for lights. He rushed in. He fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And then he escorted them out and he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What? That's unbelievable. So the jailer sees that Paul and Silas didn't run when they had the opportunity. And of course, any normal human being would have done that, especially me, Micah Murphy. But he was so impressed with Paul's attitude and his character and his faith in God that he comes to Paul and he bows down before him and he asks Paul, how can I be saved. So instead of Paul focusing on himself, the woe is me, the I'm the victim, that I shouldn't be here, Paul was focused on this jailer. He was focused on these other prisoners. He was focused on God's plan. And he was confident that God was going to use him. That's the perspective he had. He saw the jail as a blessing 
when I would think 99% of us, again, especially me, would see it as a curse, would see it as a, as a hindrance. No, not Paul. Paul was more concerned about, and let's, let's see this. This is not a friend. Paul is more concerned about an enemy. The jailer would, would have been an enemy to him, someone hindering him from preaching the gospel, from preaching the good news of Jesus. Let's keep reading in our passage. Verse 31. So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. And then they spoke the message of the Lord to him along with everyone in his house. He took them to the, the he took them the same hour of the night and he washed their wounds. Right away he and all his family were baptized. He brought them into his house. He set a meal before him and he rejoiced because he had believed God with his entire household. Look what happens. The jailer becomes a follower of Jesus because of, of Paul and Silas, their, their witness. And he even cleans their wounds. He, he, he heals them up, right? And then he takes them to his family. And then the jailer's family all become followers of Jesus, and they go and get baptized. Like, that's, that's incredible. Like, that's hard to believe, he takes them to their house and he celebrates. This guy that once kept them behind bars is now taking to, to their house to go have a celebration dinner. That's, that's crazy. Let's keep reading. There's, there's another verse. Verse 35. When daylight came, the chief magistrate sent the police to say, release those men. Bam. What a happy ending, right? Like, like Hollywood couldn't have even written a better story. They get released after Paul and Silas continue to be faithful and they're able to share the gospel and they're able to, to lead this man and his family to Jesus. When, when me, Micah, I, I would have ran at the very first opportunity and guess what would have happened the jailer would have never gotten saved his family would have never gotten saved and i would have probably been a wanted man they would have probably come and hunt me down and thrown me back into jail for probably even longer time because i escaped but because paul was faithful because he had the right perspective he was able to lead this man and his family to jesus so that they could have everlasting life and then he was freed by the government. So now he's free to actually go. Guys, that, that is incredible. That's what I'm talking about. Like, why can't we have that perspective? It's, it's not easy. It's not just going to come to us naturally. Our natural instinct, our, our, our flesh, who we are as human beings, that we don't want to think like that. That's just not a natural thing. We have to seek God and get his wisdom to see this way. And it really ties into our, our other episodes where we talked about, you know, not worrying and trusting God more and, and letting God be in control. 
when we do all those things, it leads to this. It leads to having the right perspective and seeing things the way God wants us to see them. I really believe that pretty much any event or any circumstance that we experience in life, we can see bad and we can see good. I think there's bad and good in probably everything that we experience. And of course, right now with this virus, and it seems to be progressing and getting worse, at least here in the United States, yeah, there, there's a lot to look at and say, man, things are bad. Um, there are a lot of bad happening. There, there's people dying. More people are losing their jobs. More people are you know, having to take pay cuts. More people are being quarantined and having to stay home. And, and actually just a few hours ago, you know, I'm here in the state of Florida, we're now going to more of a lockdown where you know, only essential businesses are, are allowed to, to function. And we're still kind of fleshing that out to see what that's going to be like. But it's real easy that we can focus on the negative. But what about the good? What about the positives? And you may have to dig real deep. And you may have to, to take a little extra time. But I promise you, there is good that will come out of this. You know, of course, there's bad, but there's going to be good. So what do you choose to focus on? Do you choose to focus on the negative and the bad? Or will you choose to focus on the positive and the good? I mean, I can look at, I mean, yeah, guys, I'm, ministry is a lot harder right now because I'm not able to be with you students here physically, hanging out with you and, and cutting up. But it's also opened up an opportunity for this podcast to reach even a greater audience. It's opened up uh, many other doors. And I know me personally, my family, it's, it's allowed us to have more quality time as a family than we normally have. And, and, you know, we're trying to grow through this and walk through this and trying to grow in our faith in Jesus and, and our trust in Him. So there are some benefits that are coming. And again, I'm challenging you to look at the circumstances that life has thrown your way. And again, one day this quarantine and this virus will be long gone, prayerfully. But there'll be other things that happen in your life. You know, you may lose a loved one. You may lose your job. You may, you know, a breakup, um, you know, friend lying to you, wh- whatever it is. You know, there's going to be some bad things. But what about the good things that will come about? You may not see them immediately. But guys, I promise you that there can be some good. And if you just adjust your perspective, telling you it will make all the difference in the world on how you see things and how you experience things. So instead of having that, I have to do this mentality like students, I have to go to school or I have to do online classes. How about you get to? You get to enjoy learning. You get to do these things and You may be confined at home, but what are the benefits of being confined at home? And now many of you that hated actually going to school, some of you may be missing that now. You may be going, well, shoot, I used to say, man, I hate going to school. I'd wake up and I'd be like, ugh, or I have to go to practice. I have to go to baseball practice, or I have to go to football practice, or soccer practice, or whatever, volleyball practice, whatever practice you're going to. Well, now you're missing that probably, right? Like maybe you're doing some conditioning at home but you're not able to be there in person to play those sports and to be there at those practices when many of you are probably like, geez, man, I would love to be doing that right now. So when those things resume, 
Remember to have the perspective of, I get to do those things, not I have to do those things. It's all in our perspective, guys. It's all how we see things. And I want to leave you with a few quotes that hopefully reshape your thinking about perspective. One is, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Hmm. If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Here's the second one. When asked if my cup is half full or half empty, my only response is that I'm thankful I have a cup. (laughs) I love that one. I'm going to read it to you again. When asked if my cup is half full or half empty, my only response is I'm just thankful that I have a cup. I love that. And my last one. I wept because I had no shoes until I met a man who had no feet. Mm. Mm. I wept because I had no shoes until I met a man who had no feet. What's your perspective? Trust God. Believe that he's got a purpose, that he has a plan that things aren't happening to you, things are happening for you. Try to see things through God's eyes, not your own eyes. Look for the positive. Guys, this stuff will pass. I know it's a tough time for many of you. Know that I love you. Guys, I'm here for you. You know, reach out to me, whether it be social media, if you have my cell phone, you know, send me a text or shoot me an email. I love you guys, and we will see you guys in the next podcast. But hey, now that we're available on iTunes, guys, I would love for you to please, you know, subscribe. Uh, Take the two minutes that it takes to, to write a quick little review and a little ranking. That will help this podcast to grow and to reach more people, and it'll be easier for others to find us. All right, guys. Love you. See you in the next one. I don't want to be just someone that's new. I speak my mind so free so you could hear the truth. Yeah, I know that we all have.